<laughs> yeah, fuck your TikTok. We're fucking armed to the teeth and we're going to jail. <laughs> you stole it, stole it. This is our final transmission. Sam, we're here. We're here, Jamie. How's it going? It's going pretty darn well. Jet lag is lagging my jets, but yeah. you know, I'll, I'll live to fight another day. You look great. You've got that rugged, tired, busy, well-traveled energy about you. Like you look ruffled but raring. Y- okay. <laughs> Michael Shannon, generally speaking, that kind of vibe. Yeah, I, when I was in. New York, which is where I've just been. We were in Williamsburg and saw a poster for Michael Shannon who was playing a gig of REM covers. Who knew that was a thing? Holy crap, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I would have gone, but it's it's happening now. Ah, yeah, and you're and not I'm, there. And I'm, I'm here now with you. <laughs> we're here. My, um, <laughs> my dad was once on a flight uh, sitting next to a guy who he described as very weird, quote-unquote. And uh, it, the guy had his hood up two masks on a huge pair of headphones and he was like ripping through a, a script and my dad obviously that like caught his attention he looked at the script and he looked at the guy and he managed to id him basically immediately as michael shannon and he was obviously like slightly incognito covering his entire head and face but my, my dad said he was nailing whiskey the entire flight he would just like put his hand up and be like, excuse me, ma'am, can I get another whiskey? Like every 10 seconds and like she'd just keep bringing it and she just ended up putting like six minis on his table and he was (laughs) just drinking these massive whiskeys and railing through this script. And then he like slept for like five minutes and got off the plane and and left and went to fucking, it was weird, they were flying to New Mexico. So I think there's a big Netflix studio down there. So you think he might have been filming George and Tammy? Mm. Time-wise, I think that's where it fits in. But yeah, my dad said he like he didn't say hello or anything because he looked like he was obviously quote unquote working. But what fucking <laughs> crazy fucking flying in coach as well from New York to Albuquerque. Oh, well, he's he did those DC movies, but for the most part, he's like a he's like a small indie guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I just I just didn't see him as a guy who would fly coach. Honestly. Well, <laughs> maybe they don't give you as much whiskey. Maybe like if you're in first. Yeah. Or business. They they the expectation is like you get a drink when you get your drink. We'll come sure. round. We'll 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 service you very well. Whereas if you're in coach and you're Michael Shannon, they're like, It's Michael Shannon and coach. Give him all the fucking whiskeys. Yeah, keep giving him those whiskeys. I thought that was great. What a way to fly. When he got off, did he have his little tote bag or it was all clinking and he's like, I'm such a lucky boy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> such a deep cut Shannon reference. No, I don't think he did. I think um, I think he'd uh, maybe left that part of his life behind him. I don't know. We've got a Shannon movie on the list that I'm raring to get to. Director Have William we? Fried, William Friedkin. Yeah, with Ashley Judd. It's called Bug. Oh, how exciting! It was that was my intro to Shannon, and I can't wait to get to it and share it with you. But now, <laughs> on this podcast. Especially for Patreons, which is why they're getting all of this bullshit. Damn right. Uh, we're going to talk about what scared us as kids. Yeah, we fucking are. My, hang on. That was 2006. That can't have been your introduction to Michael Shannon. You saw fucking Groundhog Day. Uh, sure, okay. But it's my introduction <laughs> to actual Michael Shannon. Yeah, Michael sure. Shannon's not Michael Shannon and Groundhog Day. 
Oh, I don't know. I would refute that. I think he's fucking blossoming into the Michael Shannon that we know and love every moment he's on screen in Groundhog Day. Can you imagine the conversations him and Bill Murray had? Yeah, you don't have to. Is. There's loads of interviews about it online, but yeah. Well, great. when when we get to Bug, you'll see it. He's absolutely setting himself up for take shelter, my son, my son. What have you done? Like nice. he he is he's becoming that Michael Shannon in that Oof. moment, and it's and it's a wonderful wonderful time. I can't wait. That's a that's going to be an absolute romp. Yeah, but anyway, does Michael Shannon scare you? Did he scare you when he was a kid? When you were a kid? Uh, no. <laughs> I bet if I'd met him when I was a kid, he would have. Uh, Not when I was a kid, no. Things that scared me when I was a kid uh, were basically all kind of the same thing, it turns out. I sat down and I thought about this just staring out the window for a little while, and I was like, these are all variations on the same theme. (laughs) Is it a hard hard day's work? And... (laughs) I didn't have time to be scared of a hard day's work, JV. I was too fucking busy working. Um, I was a, yeah, I was, I guess I was a relatively hardworking kid compared to a lot of people. I used to have to fucking fetch the coal. (laughs) We had a a coal fire and a coal bunker. And one of the things on my list was that when the coal was low, I used to have to crawl all the way into the back of the coal bunker and there was fucking all sorts of creepies in there. It was like, insects there was never any rats i was always terrified there'd be rats in there but it was always like fucking dense with life a bird flew out of there once and hit me square in the face the coal bunker was fucking scary dude that was not too fucked with are you a like a 17th century urchin like (laughs) (laughs) basically we had a fucking outdoor toilet (laughs) in that house as well what the fuck this is like so i'm guessing we're talking what like Late eighties, early nineties yeah. here. Like this late is late eighties, early early nineties, not even late eighties, yeah. This is insane. <laughs> it is insane that you you didn't have indoor plumbing. <laughs> we did sky. <laughs> we did have indoor plumbing. So what happened was my dad bought a it wasn't really it's not fair to say it was run down. It was like a it was a council house that had been lived in by this old family for like their whole lives in a tiny little village in the middle of nowhere and it was basically all my folks could afford at the time and they wanted to buy rather than rent so they bought this house for a song and it was it just was like basically the start of a horror movie except it was semi-detached so it wasn't totally isolated but when they when they bought it the garden was all like it looked like a plowed field it was just fucked and it was only like 20 foot square or whatever and then inside the house i remember they were showing us around and i was fucking terrified because everything in there was fucked everything was ancient everything was grisly as fuck and the living room was just stacked there was like a corridor down the middle of the living room that i remember walking down and looking up and i couldn't see this pile stopping until it hit the ceiling it was just wood either side stacked with wood all the way down the living room to the fire and they would just chuck wood on light the fire and fuck off and it was just like Every room had something weird like that in it. So when we moved in, we had to do all this work. And my dad was in the garden, like, you know, sorting out all the fucking churned turf and shit. And he found so many animal bones. Uh, And then he found a shoebox with a bunch of bones in it. And to this day, he was like, nope, don't want to know. And just threw it in the bin. (laughs) Obviously a fucking baby. Jesus Christ. There was so much weird shit about that house when we moved in. It was fucking horrifying. That's like, no, nobody's done this, but like, imagine a movie where someone buys the Texas Chainsaw house. Yeah. Okay. After, after like the, the area's been 
gentrified a little bit and like yeah. someone buys the Texas Chainsaw house or let's say we can't get the rights to Texas Chainsaw so it's like the house where a load of weed whacker murders took place or whatever <laughs> yeah, like okay. <clears throat> all the shit that you would find that, I mean that's just what it sounds like it sounds like yeah. your house well it was it's just like your a, childhood was, home yeah an ancient like rural Suffolk family just like inbred burying their fucking unwanted offspring in the garden all kinds of mad shit yeah it was fucked up but it was you know it was great eventually we fucking did it up and whatever but coal bunker outside toilet as well as indoor plumbing like but yeah, my like chores were fucking weird compared to my peers. <laughs> like I'm, I'm literally imagining like one of those like wooden shack toilets with a moon in, moon cut into yeah. the wood. Not like... far off. You'd go out the back door of the kitchen, and you would go down some stone steps. And then you'd cross like a little alleyway. You'd go up some stone steps, and then you'd be in an outhouse area. And the toilet was like at the end of the outhouse and it had a big hinged wooden door that you'd go in and it would shut behind you. And then you literally had a privy seat and a fucking little slop hole down to the sewer. Did you ever look down into the hole and see if there was a guy in there looking at you? Quite regularly, yeah. And it was obviously (laughs) fucking terrifying. I've got vivid memories of like spiders just like flying up from the underside of the seat, just like running at me and shit like... Oy, oy, oy. You didn't have to use that toilet. We weren't even really supposed to. Obviously, I used it all the fucking time. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? So spiders were a big thing that I was scared of when I was a kid because my mum was scared of spiders. Okay, go on, tell and me. And I'm, I'm, I'm less scared of them these days. Um, like, I can get a spider and I can, you know, mash it to a pulp. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But like not when a, I was Not a, a friend of the arachnid. No, absolutely not. Like, I was scared of spiders because, like I said, because my mum was. And my mum was so paralysed, scared of spiders, that if there was a spider in the room, we would move house, basically. Like, (laughs) like, when she was a single mum, like, it was basically she had to go get a neighbour to get out. Right. And then when she she moved in with her husband, um, he would sort them, I would imagine. But yeah, she was so, so terrified of spiders. And obviously that just... You see your mum, the only person that you know in the world, yep. being scared of these things, obviously that means that they're terrifying. Yeah, it means they're a real threat. Yeah, and then I saw arachnophobia and was like, oh, I, I understand. Yeah. Um, and so I was always really terrified of, of a spider crawling up my ass while I was what? shitting. See, here's where we're different. That sounds like it would feel great to me. <laughs> well, like, now, what, what is a spider if not a, like a, a really ugly gerbil? But like... <laughs> but when you're a kid, I yeah. guess your anus isn't quite as erogenous as it yeah. is when you're in your late 30s. Yeah, you don't have such a nuanced take on the, <laughs> on the anus when you're a child. <laughs> Fucking I didn't. Jesus. I missed out on some good times. If only I'd have known. Yeah, I uh, there's a bit of stand-up that I remember from, I don't know, I was like, obsessed with stand-up when I was a kid. Yeah. And there's just like a bit of stand-up that I remember where there's a guy talking about his first ever like sexual awakening. And he's like, I found one of those pens, you know, those pens that you have where it's a woman wearing clothes and you turn it upside down yeah. and the clothes come off. Well, I shoved one of those at my arse. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I have no memory of who that is, but that's a, a little bit of stand-up from my 
very young days that I've just lodged itself in my head. I love that shit. I've got so much stand-up that I should not have listened to when I was a kid that's just fucking in there forever. I listened to so much Lenny Henry growing up for some reason. Mm. I just had so many Lenny Henry tapes. And his early stuff was pretty fucking raw. Um, well, I guess it's pretty family-friendly, but maybe that's why I was allowed to listen to it. I think there's there's definitely, you know, I'm no fucking psychologist over here, but there's so much in that shit that scared your parents, scared the yeah. crap out of you, right? And you nailed it. It's because they're, you know, they're your frame of reference. But I grew up constantly being told that I was not allowed to read any of the Stephen King books in our house <laughs> because they were so fucking scary. So I grew up with this like pure red hot terror that if I opened a Stephen King book, I would just fucking turn to stone. And I vividly remember how this fucking crystallized for me. My mum was reading It uh, in the living room and I'd seen it on the table and it was the Tim Curry cover with the hand and I'd seen it loads and I'd be like, fuck that, Jesus Christ. And I went into the living room while she was reading it. It must have been like 2 a.m. or something because I was going downstairs to get some water. And I walked into the kitchen and she screamed, oh, fuck, and slammed the book and threw it across the room because what she was reading was so fucking scary. And I, I I, fucking had no idea what was going on. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? She told me it was too scary to read and that she had to throw it across the room. And she would put it in a cupboard and shut the cupboard when she wasn't <laughs> reading it. So I grew up like, fucking, that's a no-go. We never go near the Stephen King books. And then now, obviously, I've read nearly every single one. So it's a weird, yeah. uh, weird thing, and it's seeing your parents scared. It was a big one for me. The TV miniseries was one of the first things that I watched that I remember really scaring me. Obviously, we've talked about Night of the Living Dead and me getting scared because, like, that's not supposed to happen. Sure. Um, at the end. But, like, it wasn't the zombies that scared me. It was the, that's not supposed to happen. But it, Tim Curry, mm-hmm. Pennywise, the big spider that he turns yep. into. I mean, it's all it's all in there. That was a big, that was a big thing for me. My first memory of reading a Stephen King novel, I think it was a four past midnight Mm. One of the stories in Four Past Midnight, because I liked the little sort of gremlin guy that was on the cover. Yeah, yeah. On the hardback that um, my mum had, which I now have, because yeah. I... What, what, what is being in your 30s and having some money, if not trying to find all the things that made you feel anything as a child? <laughs> all the things your parents owned <laughs> and got rid of. Yeah. yeah. Like, my mum gave me so many of her Stephen King books, and I have a difficult relationship with my mum. And so I didn't care about them. So like this, the the massive um, extended version of the stand and stuff, I just sort of got rid of it. Really? And now I'm trying to buy them back and it's like minimum 20 quid. It's like, yeah, they're sake. fucking expensive. I had, uh, yeah, I think my mom had a decent King collection that I worked through when I was younger. I read all the ones I wanted to and she ended up donating them and getting rid of them, I think. But the hardbacks are just too fucking they just take up so much room and I don't really read the hardbacks to be honest. I have a few. I've got a couple of nice first editions and old hardbacks, but I kind of end up just selling them because they take up so much fucking space. Yeah. I mean, like what I won't read a hardback, but I will buy a hardback, but I right, also, okay. want the, I also want the paperbacks. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a hoarder. Like I like to own things. Yeah. I like to own things more than I like to interact with them. <laughs> I like um, to own hate to use yeah absolutely if you use it it might break you use it or lose it though right that's the i mean you're not gonna break a fucking hardback jane <laughs> i mean tell that to the copy of 
the dark half that I have, which you hate. You hate oh, the dark half. Right? The dark half. Yeah. Did you did you read slash engage with the audiobook of the the that first Garth Marenghi book that came out? No, I only ever watched the show. Ago. Yeah, is it good? Like it's it's good. There's there's um so like the show is fun and goofy and the the book. I mean, is 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 very much the same as that, but it's um they are like take ons of very specific stories by. Mm-hmm established horror authors and one of them in um the first book which i can't remember what it's called the new one's just come out it's called incarcerate isn't it but the first one um there's a there's a story in it called the dark fraction okay um which is very clearly obviously a take on the dark half and it it just sort of it's funny and it's fun but it sort of loses me a little bit really yeah because it's like i don't know when they were being sort of whimsical and creative it's i don't know I, I i find the spoofing a little bit lazy maybe. yeah i don't i don't love a horror spoof to be honest there's t- two things that i don't love in everything you just said one is a horror spoof i just i'll just watch the horror like yeah. there's enough dumb shit in the world to spoof leave good horror alone um but also i don't really like books about writers i don't like narratives which, which is why it's so How- incredible how well, do you like Stephen King? Yeah, exactly. I have to skip quite a lot of that bullshit. And I, but I just don't like those characters, it turns out. Like, the books yeah. end up being okay. Like, Salem's Lot, I like everything except the main character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but that's why it's astonishing how fucking much I love Alan Wake. Because <laughs> it's just a game about a writer. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. the same thing. But, like, the, Alan Wake is, from from my memory, I've only played the first one. I know that you're working your way through the second one at the moment. Yeah, um, it's very much like okay, we we want to write a we want to write a story in the vein of Stephen King. What does Stephen King write about? He writes about writers. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, that that's how that's how that's one of the ways that will capture the the sort of Kingian vibe. Yeah, and we won't do basically. They've just not made any of the mistakes he makes in writing yeah. about writers, which is great. But yeah, I mean, I think. It's it's a big off-putting thing for me in any of those King stories when when the fucking main character is like, oh, I was a writer in Maine. Oh God, heard it before. Don't care. It feels lazy, yeah. but it is what it is. You know. The the worst of it is in those fucking gunslinger books. Where yeah, I, d- I haven't even read them. I just haven't read any of the gunslinger books because of that exact reason. Like it, it goes beyond like I'm putting a writer in the story. It's yeah. like oh. I- it's like I am Stephen King. The gunslinger is Stephen King. Stephen King is a character in this fucking wank fest of a series of novels yeah he exists within that metaverse or whatever the fuck yeah it's a bunch of bullshit i've got no interest but but yeah so one, that, one that, I'll read them. that first memory i have of reading any stephen king is in one of those four past midnight stories and the thing that sticks out in my head the most is this fucking analogy that he makes where it's like the car was parked and not even with a wheel on the curb to make it interesting or something like that it's wow it's fucking nonsense. I can't believe I read more Stephen <laughs> King after that. But like there's that's so much bad writing, isn't it? I actually quite like that what you just said, but there's so much dog shit. I can't remember. What, I think the first thing I read, uh, pretty boring. I think I read Carrie. I think I just started at the beginning and mm. was like, "Wow, that's fucking amazing." Um, kind of built up from there. But in terms of like other shit that scared me when I was a kid I have a vivid memory of going to remember we talked a little bit in other episodes about the uh, mental health facility that was near my 
childhood home. Um, of course. We went there one night, me and Billy, and we got separated. And there was a, of course, a creepy playground just on the edge of the, you know, it was, it was like an adult playground. So it was like big swings and like a big I, seesaw. I, 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 an adult playground. Yeah, like was there a, it, was there a glory hole? <laughs> there was all kinds of sex swings and torture devices. It was like it was literally just a scaled up kids playground, I guess, for adults to play on. You know, like not not older kids, but fully grown. Like we could go there now and not get put on a list. There's nothing that we couldn't fit on. It was obviously for like the residents you know like they had a playground so uh the fun thing to do was obviously to go down the fucking huge slide that was the best but the swings were the problem with like becoming an adolescent is you don't fit in the swings anymore right you can't even fucking have you can't even sit there and drink a beer and have a cig on a on a swing anymore but these were massive so we'd sit on these swings and fuck around anyway I walked up to the swings to just sit and wait. This is like pre-phones. And I sat down hard on this swing. And as I like slammed my ass onto this swing, a fucking, it felt like a million. It was probably like two. But all these bats came down off the crossbar and were just like <laughs> flying around my head. And I literally just fucking ran off into the woods screaming. Um, and from then on, I was pretty fucking scared of bats. Like they really made me uneasy when they're in the sky. And, yeah. you know, if I, if I saw like those bat boxes in the woods, I'd get a bit fucking edgy. Um, but I, I had a, like a troubled relationship with the bat for years until I just fucking snapped out of it. I don't know what happened, but I just started loving them. I'm absolutely yeah. fucking obsessed with bats now as an adult. Like I think um, I uh, donate to this like bat rescue thing where they, they catch and release these bats and they like pipette feed them water and stuff and they groom them and help them fucking learn to fly again. But I was shit scared of them for years when I was a kid. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sort of terrified of anything that flies in my in my zone in my. You special... don't like pigeons coming up like that, do you? Pigeons, moths, moths. Yeah. Are, we've, we've talked about moths because they don't exist. Um, <laughs> like anything, butterflies. Butterfly gets to here, it's going in the. It's it's getting whacked. <laughs> I don't care how rare it is or whether it looks like a fucking. So tiger from the nineties. Like you love killing insects, Jamie. This <laughs> I don't love killing them. I just don't. If if anything gets in my zone, yeah, it's it it's dies. going down. <laughs> like that's just the it's the law of the jungle. The jungle of the house that I live on in Liverpool. What, what about like when your cat is near your face, like when it's wiggling its tail around or something? What's that like? Is that okay? That's that's okay. Okay. It's it's stuff that sort of wanders in from the periphery, right? quite fast it just i can't i can't deal with it i bet daddy well, long legs are like your worst enemy daddy long legs are fine because they tend to stupidly try and hang out by the windows because they think they can go through windows right what do they know that we don't that's a question <laughs> that is um, that is part of the terror of insects right we have no frame of reference for their yeah. fucking plane of existence yeah, I have a bit of an issue with slugs because I went camping once when I was a kid and a load of slugs were in the, in the tent and I put Oof. my shoe on and there was about four slugs in my shoe. Oh, good grief. Um, and that was maybe around the time that I read the Sean Hudson book, which is schlocky, terrible, great shit. Do I have that? I think I might have that on the shelf somewhere. I mean, uh, that's... I, I might be thinking of something else. That's about slugs that are giant and, and eat people. Is it a Pan book? Did Pan do a release of it? I think Pan did. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, it might be on my other shelf. I think I might have that. 
I mean, it's great. It's, yeah. it's a zippy little shitbag, terrible writing. Garth Marenghi is based pretty solely on Sean Hudson. If you ever see clips of Sean Hudson talking, it's it's exactly like what Garth Marenghi talks like. Nice. It, to the point where Garth Marenghi is almost not a spoof. Right. Just like if you gave Sean Hudson enough rope, he would hang himself yeah. dressed as Garth Marenghi. <laughs> There's like, there was he's a cl- doing like a he's doing a live thing at the moment, isn't he? Like live. Yeah, he did a book. Tour. He's doing a book tour now, and he did a right. book tour on the last one. I didn't get to go to it. Um, there's a clip of Sean Hudson where uh, it was from. Did you watch Horror Bites when it was on BBC Two? They did like a, a a night of horror films. Oh right. For for Halloween, and it was interspersed with these like little clips of like creatives talking, and there was like a horror host that they invented called like Doctor Volpurgis. Okay. Something like that. And um, uh, Sean Hudson's on one of them, and he's like, it is Midland's accent. He's like, horror fiction is designed to move you, whether it's to the to the bathroom or the psychologist. Like, <laughs> oh god, that guy. <laughs> yeah, Bob Purgis is a good uh, good name for a horror host, isn't that? Um... It's like a, a Night of the Dead thing or something, isn't it? Volpurgis Nacht. It's like a yeah. German. It's the Sa- is it the Saints' Day? Volpurgis Night. Um, Christian feast day of Saint Volpurga in eighth century. Wow. Okay. More reading into that later. I just this just reminded me of all this erotic talk of spiders. The other day, a spider. <laughs> I felt like this little <laughs> sort of like itchy tingle while I was bending over. And I like reached around just to like swat away, and there was a fucking massive spider like just about to crawl down my ass crack. It was like right on that little bit of exposed skin above your waistband. And I pulled it out and showed Claire, and she was like, Did you just pull that out your ass? <laughs> like a fucking wish. And then I found a piece of popcorn in my belly button. This is not, these are not my finest moments, by the way. No. <laughs> I once um, punched myself in the face because there was a spider on my face. <laughs> I put a Brilliant. towel, I, I got out of the shower, I picked a towel up, up off the floor. It was when I was sort of living a bit of a student life. I can't remember if I was a student or not, but it was yeah. the sort of, I picked a towel up off the floor, I wrapped it around the hair that I had at that point, and um, I just felt like a drip coming down, which is normal yeah. when you get out of the shower. And then I looked at my girlfriend at the time's face, yeah. and she looked horrified, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god! There's a spider on my face, and I just <laughs> fully just like closed fist to the gave myself a black eye. <laughs> Brilliant! And at least you knew you could throw a punch. You knocked yourself Absolutely. flat on the bathroom floor. Brilliant! Yeah. So uh, another thing that scared me quite a lot. Um, if we go back into movies, yeah, um, and it's it's a weird thing because like obviously it's not a particularly scary movie apart from the opening scene, um, the the bit in Ghostbusters when all the ghosts escape after Walter Peck turns off the uh, the ghost generator or whatever the fuck it's called <laughs> the ghost unit. generator that changes the narrative big time <laughs> yeah okay yeah uh, and they're all flying through the air and it's that song the, yeah, it's the magic creepy. I don't know like I don't know why but that song terrified me as a child I mean I that's a fast- huge moment in that movie right I know I would fast forward through it really yeah wow holy shit i mean that's it takes a lot to make you fast forward through something when you're a kid i would only really fast forward through like the boring song in muppet christmas carol everything else i would just suffer 
What's the boring song in Muppet Christmas Carol? Uh, it, do you know what? I take it back as an adult, but I didn't like the Love Is Gone, the Michael Caine fucking. I didn't like that when I was a kid, and I found out later on that they cut it from some releases of the movie, so I wasn't alone. Yeah, the love is gone. The love is gone. Yeah, fucking hell! Shut up, <laughs> Michael. Get on with it. It doesn't add anything. Yeah, that's for another episode. Yeah, that song is because it it's it's the song and the visual, right? It, it all yeah. the ghosts like coming out of the building and about to fucking wreak havoc on New York City. It's a great beat. Yeah, and it's it, an awesome it's, moment. And it's the ghosts in their sort of weird spectral blob yeah. colored light form. Like I'm, yeah. I was much more scared of that than of like the 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 fur coat that comes back to life or like sure. the the Titanic pulls up. Well, that might be in Ghostbusters too. I can't remember. Either way, um, that, but I find that bit scary. I think it's great. Well, like, I just don't find the, the visual of the ghosts scary. Even in like the opening scene where it's in the library. Yeah. Like the, the, the books floating is much scarier to me than the, the, scary, the, scary, the scary librarian or the Scalari brothers. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they look great, but they're just not that scary. And I think that's mm. perfect for what is basically a kid's movie, right? Yeah, Apart from absolutely. all the like ghost blowjobs and schnapps drinking and what whatever else in that movie that makes it very much not a kid's movie there's uh yeah when when you don't really know what they are and it's just like all this shit's escaping and you've been built up to it being terrible by all the like really overacted shouting about it being like dropping an a-bomb on new york city yeah i can see why that fucking freaked you out um i absolutely loved ghostbusters as a kid obviously and love it as an adult but i remember just fucking living in that movie and not really finding any of it scary just absolutely loving every second of it it's got to be yeah, the start too. of a lot of people's love of horror of our generation right absolutely i completely think uh, i completely agree it's got to be got to be the inception point for so many people because it's like it's it's very easy to get along with yeah it's funny there's there there are bits that you can be scared by if if that, if that is your prerogative yeah um but it but yeah just so fully formed but like it's it's weird like like you say looking back at it now as an adult when it's like this is not really appropriate for children there's not really anything for kids to enjoy in that movie i don't think you're i was enjoying it because it was more adult than i was do you know what i mean yeah. all the humor is pretty adult the the aesthetic is not appealing to a child like none of these people look cool to a kid i wouldn't have thought like yeah. Pete, i mean bill murray at this point in his career is like acne scarred receding hair pot belly like he's not the kind of thing that kids want to see on tv you know same with ray uh it's not particularly slapstick it's not very simple i, I don't know it's it, i thought it was a fucking grown-up movie with uh, uh like a youthful kind of spirit to it but i loved it because it felt so grown-up yeah no i i just it's it's weird the stuff that we were allowed to watch when we were yeah. kids. And Ghostbusters, I think, is kind of a, a, an inception point of that as well because it's a if you're an adult, I don't know, in the mid eighties, early nineties, probably when we got to see it on video. Yeah. Like, as an adult watching it, those adults grew up in the seventies and eighties when everything was fucking hard and horrible. So they're like, sure. this is frivolous bullshit for kids. Mm-hmm. And as kids, we were like, this is the most adult thing. I've been allowed to watch. And then we had cartoons based on Rambo and on yeah. Robocop and the Toxic Avenger. And yeah. like, it's just so weird how we were allowed to engage with this stuff that wasn't, definitely wasn't made for us. Yeah. But, but it just became ours. 
it shift I think it shifted the boundaries a little bit because like my parents didn't have fucking time to vet everything I watched. They didn't have mm. time to watch every movie before I did. And they didn't really have like nowadays parents have like WhatsApp groups just dedicated to like reviewing everything before their kids watch or do it. And my yeah. parents just didn't fucking have that. And my grandparents especially, who were the ones who, you know, at weekends would take me to the video shop, didn't have a fucking clue. I don't think they even knew what the ratings on videos meant. They would just get whatever I pointed at. I remember watching Terminator when I was like 12 or something. And there's a really fucking graphic sex scene in Terminator, like, yeah. uh, amongst other things. But I remember feeling way too young to watch it and feeling like I was the coolest motherfucker in the world for having seen Terminator. You just got away with murder, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like movies were made... I think they were making them knowing that parents would let younger kids watch them and then we'd grow into consumers. <laughs> That's maybe cynical, but like I bought every fucking Ghostbusters thing on earth that I could get my hands on. Yeah, I had the tower. Like yeah. the, 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 I went to the building last week. It was great. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had the building where you pour slime in the top and it would drip oh, down nice. through all the floors. I had loads of toys. The ones where like they had a little button on their back of their mouth would go really wide. Yeah, I had... So much shit like that. I had, I had toys for, for shows that I didn't even watch, like Visionaries. Oh, I love Visionaries, and I love the toys as well. The toys were great, but I, I think I really enjoyed... We I guess we'd call them holograms. Yeah, they were, we did yeah. at the time. Or, like, lenticular images and things like that. I was... Yeah, I loved all that shit. Fuck yeah, I was obsessed with that stuff. The uh, Do you have the strange... This is like a very niche piece of nostalgia. Me and my friend Guards talk about this, but when you got the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man toy and turned it upside down and squeezed it and smelled the air that came out of the little vent in its foot, do you remember that smell? I, I don't think I had that toy, but I think I had other toys like that that I would... Just that, that I rubber smell. Yeah, I I used to, I had a Boglin, the, like a Boglin puppet. Yeah. And if you turned it inside out, it looked even weirder. Right. Um, and I used to do that all the time. And I would chew the rubber. Even, oh. like, I, I was probably like, I don't know, <laughs> 10? Like too old to be chewing shit. But chewing like, your boggling. But like the rubber, the, the sensation of it, it's, it's insane that I don't have like a, a, a latex fetish at this point. Yeah, right. Because like I was obsessed with like the, the feel of this rubber in my mouth and just chew it for hours i was the same with the smell of like my leather bookmark i should be like a massive leather freak i would just smell my bookmark all day long just like i'm gonna go read sure you are (laughs) yeah yeah i'd be like playing toe jam and earl just for hours just chewing my fucking chewing the (laughs) boggling that's such a fucking weird image (laughs) i love it the yeah. other thing that I was shit scared of, and this is the big one, and you might, I don't know, I think a lot of people who grew up in the countryside uh, relate to this. I was fucking terrified of the farmer. Yes, Just, absolutely. Oh my yep, God. The idea of the farmer, because if you set foot in a field, you would get shot in the face. And if you ever <laughs> saw a farmer, you would run in the opposite direction. That was just what I grew up believing. Like, I would take shortcuts through fields and I would fucking sprint with my head down hiding because I thought I was going to get my fucking head blown off. Did you have the same thing? Absolutely. You just, like, unwoken. <laughs> like, something inside me that was buried. Because, obviously, I was a shithead little kid and we used to go around stealing all the, the car batteries that powered the electric fences. <laughs> right. Um. So we could go into the fields without right. getting shocked. 
but yeah, the the idea that the farmer and anytime you saw the farmer, yeah, the, there was a very real feeling, if not a yep. real possibility, that you were getting shot in the face. Yeah. God. That's exactly it. And it wasn't like nowadays all farmers are fucking like millionaire dickheads. Back then, these farmers weren't fucking around. They were drunk. They were scary. They definitely had guns. And they probably propagated this myth that they were going to shoot you in the face themselves. (laughs) Absolutely. Terrifying dudes. I feel like it came to me from from reading like Roald Dahl books. Right, okay. So like in in Daddy Champion of the World, um, there's a Obviously, he his dad is uh, a poacher. Okay. Um, and so there's a lot of, like, him getting chased by farmers. Right. With big guns. So I think that might be an inception point for that for me. I was just straight up told by my parents and all the adults in my life that the farmer would fucking shoot me in the head. <laughs> just to keep me out of trouble. Stop me wandering off into the fields and shit. And I think Billy was the same. Like, my childhood friend Billy, we would skirt the edges of fields instead of walking across them we'd go like five miles out our way instead of going into a farmer's cops like we were just fucking terrified of that crazy silhouette on the horizon with the shotgun any per like i think i must have seen 50 dog walkers when i was a kid thought it was a farmer and ran in the opposite direction like (laughs) i was so scared of the farmer i wonder if like the suffolk farmer is a different image as well to like the North Wales farmer. What do you, what do you see when you think of the farmer? I don't I don't know. I just I wonder if like because there's something about the Suffolk accent as well. Yeah. That adds an extra layer of like the farmerness to the farmer. Do you know what I definitely. mean? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And they were um, very very old Suffolk guys. You know, there weren't any. You know, Suffolk has this weird confluence of culture where there's especially where we live slash lived where, you know, half of fucking London moved out of London into this part of Suffolk and you got the culture clash of, mm. uh, you know, the city and the and the real raw wilderness that was Suffolk in the 70s and 80s. Still, we're going back to, like, 50s and 60s, but these guys were, like, reclusive, scary, tall, muscular guys with double-barrel shotguns in my mind. And they had, yeah. like, scraggly old clothes and dungarees and shit. And, you know, that's entirely an image i've created in my head they probably wore like burberry and flat caps and shit but in my mind they were just like straight out of a horror movie yeah because like if you the the vision in in your head and in my head of a farmer is so different to the reality farmers are fucking posh yep (laughs) yeah they are (laughs) <laughs> these might have been guys who just worked the land for the farmer as well do you know what i mean like yeah it could have been like vesti employees and people from these wealthy families who hire gamekeepers and shit but i i didn't have a nu- nuanced enough understanding of land ownership when i was nine to, to know that it might have been a gamekeeper i was just fucking ter- and we would find like oh god this is unlocking deep shit now we would find like those uh pheasant scarers and the deer feeders that the hunter mm. like the farmers would put out so that they could hunt the animals and whatever and we were convinced they were traps for kids it made no sense like why would a kid <laughs> want to eat like a handful of grain in a bucket <laughs> none of it makes any sense we were like fuck traps and we'd run in the other direction like you still ate it though right of course yeah loads of grain <laughs> <laughs> as much grain as I get my hands on. Drowning in a grain silo was another huge childhood fear. That was yeah. one that your parents always told you to keep you out of the very open, very dangerous, very unattended grain silos that were fucking all over the place. Um, and they, you know, I'm pretty sure adults told me fictional stories about a kid drowning in a grain silo every year just to keep you away from them. So where I lived, there were a lot of like felled bridges. Oh, okay. 
Um, and we would constantly dare each other to jump over the space where the bridges were. Oh, amazing. Um, and that was a thing that scared me a lot. And I would yeah. do it sometimes, and there were some that were definitely too big. And I and I went back to Wrexham, uh, where I grew up, a couple of years ago and went into this bit um, where, where the stuff was. And you couldn't jump that, even if you were fucking evil Knievel. Like, you were, there was, there was no jumping that shit. Like, it's, it was about 25 feet apart. But as a kid, you walked up to the edge and you were like, oh, it's just a little bit too big for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 25 foot chasm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that brings me to another thing I was scared of growing up. I was scared of the woods at night, just generally. Like, I think I gained a really acute understanding of what being scared is by being in the woods in the daytime and having a lovely time and then finding myself, oh shit, it's getting dark and I've got like a mile of woods to get through before I get home and then a farmer's field. And I would just fucking, everything became terrifying immediately. Everything that I've been looking at all day and hanging out with, immediately the threat level ramped up to a thousand. There was shit in the woods I didn't understand that was going to destroy me. The woods are where the ghosts are. You know, that was like my family always talked about ghosts in the woods and stuff. And I would fucking mm. sprint through the dark woods to get home. Um, and I always still have a little bit of unease, uh, you know, when it gets dark in the woods. I like I like walking in the woods pretty much constantly, but at night there's always a little bit of a, you know, fear of the dark style tingle up my spine. Yeah, I remember there was a time when I had seen like a, a cliff face. It wasn't a massive cliff face. It was maybe, if I was say 13, I was probably, I don't know, five foot five. And it was yeah. maybe, so it was maybe nine foot high. Right. Like taller than me, it required a bit of a climb. Mm -hmm. Also wasn't a very far drop. Right. But I got stuck halfway up it and I was like, I need to climb this because otherwise I'm a piece of shit or whatever. Right. You know, you you, you get your, your mind set on like a challenge that you've set for yourself. Yeah. And I was there for hours, just stuck halfway up it. I would oh, get fuck. halfway up and then I would slide down to like the, the bit where I had a foothold. Maybe it was bigger than that. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know how. But um, yeah, I would slide down and it was like a red bank. So it was like all clay. Yeah. So all my clothes were covered in like red clay. <laughs> Jesus. And I was stuck there for so long that it just went dark. Um, and I missed my tea, and my mum was probably furious at me. Yeah. And my my clothes were covered in red clay. So when I finally, I finally got out, I just kept saying to myself, there was a there was an Adams Family game on the Amiga, where there was like a little clue to a to a secret bit, and it was like, where there's a will, there's a way. Nice. I just kept saying that to myself, like, where there's a will, like, come on, you can fucking do this. And I eventually got up there, and I was like, okay, I'm up now, but it's I'm in the woods, and it's fucking pitch black it's 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 7 p.m yeah. in november so it is pitch black yeah there's nobody else here i've done it yeah and it's but now it's now it's it might as well be the middle of the night yeah and I, and I have to make my way home uh to the inevitable ass whooping i'm gonna get when i get home because my yep. clothes are covered in fucking red clay no so it's reason like, <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, do I stay in the woods and die from woods, or do I go home and get this shit kicked out of me by my mum? Like, <laughs> die from woods? It was a very real threat. You could die <laughs> from woods. You just could. 
I, I have so many memories of climbing too high up trees. I was obsessed with climbing trees. I still am. I still climb trees mm. as a fucking nearly 40 year old. And I have so many memories of getting up to like really thin, high up branches and looking down to me like, oh, fuck, I've done it again. <laughs> I'm way too <laughs> high up. And like my friends are shouting. They're so worried. And like the tree is swaying. I'm so fucking high up this thing. And I would have to like figure out how the fuck to get down before it got dark. I think I would put myself in those situations on purpose for quite a long period of my childhood. But that is... That was more like thrill seeker stuff. I wasn't actually scared. I was having the time of my fucking life, but yeah. um, unless it was getting dark. I think the only other thing that I remember being really scared of as a kid that I'm still absolutely terrified as an adult is prison. Yeah? Yeah. Just the idea of endless incarceration and the brutality of imprisonment is absolutely top of my fucking all-time terror list. I've got a bit of a rosy view of prison. I've I've often thought if I went to prison, I'd just get really healthy and buff. And read loads of books. <laughs> yeah. And make loads of friends for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's, that's how I've always, always thought about prison. Like, ever since I was a kid, I was like, if I went to prison, I'd just lift weights, chat to my friends, play poker for cigarettes, make wine in the toilet. Like, let's have a great time. Yep, and I'm going to just let you carry on with that view of prison because if I told you what my view of prison is, it would taint yours and you wouldn't have as much fun in that fantasy world. Uh, my view of prison... Go on, let's have be... it. No, dude, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so bad. I If I go to like... <laughs> I went to. I had to go to prison a bit with um, my old job. Uh, you know, we'd go do stuff with uh, kids in. in Did you prison. work for? Uh, oh, okay, I thought you were like Enron or something. <laughs> Enron. <laughs> no, I were. I did loads of stuff that was like anti-scared straight. It was about educating kids about. Um, you know, drug use and crime and stuff without trying to scare the shit out of them. And sometimes we would go either work with the police in small police stations, or we'd go to you know prisons, etc. And I would genuinely be racked with anxiety leading up to it i'd be a mess while i was there and i'd be fucked after i left and if i go to like a historic jail like i went to kilmarnham jail in dublin i've been there twice both times i just walk around sobbing i just cannot handle it uh it's fucking horrible i've looked at working in prisons and had to just not because i can't fucking do it like they just scare yeah. the living shit out of me uh even as a, a grown-ass man so when i was a kid i got arrested i think this started it. i got arrested when i was a kid and put in a cell at, totally illegally like it was a it was a big thing my mum kicked off about it big time because like a i shouldn't have been arrested b i shouldn't have been questioned without an adult prison and c i shouldn't have been put in a fucking cell <laughs> like it was ridiculous i was like 11 uh but it scared the living shit out of me forever and i think what were you um, arrested for so this is great me and my buddy pete reynolds uh were running late and we had this routine that we like to do. We would go to the bakers and we would get these specific donuts that we like, these caramel donuts. And then we'd go to TVL All-Star Video and rent a movie. And then we'd have to get back to get a lift to go back to his house and watch the movie and eat the donuts. That was our like Saturday routine. We were running late, so we ran from the donut shop to the video shop. And then we ran from the video shop to the bus stop. And this aroused the suspicion of the local constabulary who thought we were stealing. So we got oh, fucking, no. yeah, we got pinched in the street in front of loads of people and dragged down to the fucking station, like literally dragged. And then they put us in a room and gave us like a proper fucking Hollywood interrogation. And I vividly remember this cop took out a copy of, it was like a Beavis and Butthead VHS. And he said, and where did you get this? And I was like, 
the fucking video shop. I, you can't steal from the video shop. The cases are empty. You have to fucking pay the money to get the video put in the box. And he just was not... I was like, don't you understand how video shops work? You fucking moron. I think that's how I got my idea of police being fucking idiots. And he just refused to believe that we hadn't stolen this video. It had like the fucking... It was in a video shop case. I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you. You dumb fuck. Let me go. And uh, yeah, like... If, obviously we got they rang our parents my mum went insane and then uh, we were let go uh, the charges were dropped <laughs> <laughs> it was fucked up I, they put us in the drunk tank together like you shouldn't do that to kids what the fuck no I was arrested once when I was I don't know maybe 14, 15 for uh, killing a cop well they someone matching my description had been seen <laughs> shooting a gun <laughs> In like the fields near where I grew up. Oh my god! Like someone, someone, and the description must have been: it's a kid on a bike. <laughs> a because, human child. <laughs> because I was, I was just on a bike, and they they arrested me and took me down, took me, took me downtown. Jesus. And uh, and yeah, they were they were pretty hard on me. Did you think you were in serious fucking trouble? Were you gonna? Well, like- I, d- I was just like I didn't shoot a gun i don't have a gun yeah I've, I've i've never had a gun i had a i had a decommissioned gun that i used to play around with yeah but i, I never took it out of the house because i of this I exact that, scenario yeah because i thought someone's gonna sh- see it and shoot me in the head like i've yeah. seen enough movies to know that yeah. if someone thinks you're reaching for a gun you're a goner yeah the so. cops will blow you to bits <laughs> Like, uh, maybe not in fucking rural North Wales, but like in your head. That's in not your how head, it works. yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, um, there was a time when the police came round to my house and they said that I I had been spotted shitting on a slide in our local park. <laughs> like and shitting on like, the top of. You clearly don't know me. <laughs> There's no way I'm shitting anywhere but my house. <laughs> And, and my mum was like, he hasn't been out today. And they were like, he's been seen shitting on the slide. There's shit on the slide and they've said it to him. Oh my God. There was another time when my mum thought I was smoking weed in my bedroom and she called the police. <laughs> um, what? Your mum knocked on you? Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't even. I my mum smoked and I smoked and she, and she would let me smoke in the house when I was like 15 or whatever because yeah. you know lads know. yeah whatever um it was the 90s yeah so you can smoke wherever you want or whatever all the time yeah and it's very very cheap to do so right unlike unlike these days but yeah so I was just smoking normally and we lived in a bungalow so people would come like friends would come and knock on my window and I'd open the window and chat to them. Yeah. If I if I couldn't be asked going out. Um and I don't know, maybe one of them had a joint and they had a puff at the window. I don't know. But like she came into my room and she was like, it smells like weed in here and I was like, No it doesn't and she was like, Yeah it does, I'm phoning the police. And the and the police came four hours later and they were like, Yeah it does smell a bit like weed in here. I was like, four hours later, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like if it ever smelled like weed in here, which it didn't it definitely doesn't now. <laughs> Did you give the cop shit at that age? Like, 
No. Me neither. Not at all. <laughs> I wish I could say I was cool. <laughs> I shit my pants when I got arrested. I don't think I cried, but I was so fucking scared. I was I was one of those kids who like I was so scared of the police and so scared of being arrested and put in prison that I think I would have just done anything they told me to. If they were like, you're in the drunk tank with Pete Reynolds, you have to kill him or we're not going to let you out. I would have killed my best friend with my bare hands. <laughs> like, I was at the point where I was going to confess to something I hadn't done if it meant I could yeah. leave. You know, that classic, like, if you tell us you did it, we'll let you go. I was like, yeah, I did it. I fucking, and I killed JFK. Like, whatever you got, I did it all. <laughs> like, oh God, I was so fucking scared. Yeah, I, I the first time I got arrested was for shoplifting from the Woolworths. I was shoplifting C- CDs. CD yeah, singles. my Maybe. buddy got arrested shoplifting at Woolworths, and I had to go with him because they were going to search us at the station, and I hadn't nicked anything, and he'd nicked fucking shitloads. So he got searched, and they were like pulling out all this crap, and I got searched, and they just let me go. And I remember walking away and being like, am I ever going to see you again? <laughs> like They fully nicked him. It was terrible. Oh, God. Go on, sorry, what were you saying? Well, like nothing really happened. I, I, but I did cry. I was very upset. I think I was yeah. like twelve. Yeah, it was maybe like, oh, I, I'm allowed to go into town now. I can get the bus into town. Yeah, um, and go to the Woolworths and steal all their fucking bullshit. What were you CDs. Like, oh, CDs, I, right? Okay. It was It was. It was. I can't remember if it was like CD singles or cassette singles, but it was right. like something like that. Um, and sweets. We had loads of sweets. There was a, there was a specific like bubble gum that came in the shape of a CD. What? What the fuck? Like a full-size CD? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, so we had a bunch of that. But wow. yeah, we would just we would just steal anything that wasn't nailed down, really. From the and like, And it, it never stopped, even after I got arrested. I, yeah. I, I learned to only steal from places that are big chains. When I was right. a kid, I didn't, I didn't really understand that, like, stealing from a local shop. Yeah. Or, or like a, an independent business was different to stealing from the Woolworths. We don't have a fucking clue, do you? I think kids like you probably put Woolworths out of business. Well, <laughs> they definitely folded because everyone stole from them forever. I, I always found it so weird when Woolworths closed because they were selling everything, like even like the shelving yeah. racks and stuff. It was like, I wondered if they were like trying to make a statement. What do you mean? Like this is how well, hard you fucked us? Yeah, like when when businesses close down normally, they don't sell. Like the shelves that the products oh, yeah, they, were on. Oh, I don't know. I think they do. I worked in a bunch of where I for a while. One of my jobs was shutting down closing warehouses, and we sold every single. Fu- I sold the fucking light bulbs in one of these warehouses once. Well, I, I believe that they sell them, but I, I, I would imagine that they sell them business to business rather than uh, putting rather than like putting, public. putting a price tag on it in in the Woolworths in Wrexham, being like buy this shelving unit. Yeah, that's not a bad point actually. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, it was it weirded me out. Another thing that really scared me is once I was asked to be in a police lineup. Oh my god! What as a kid? Uh, I think I was maybe sixteen. I was in college. I'd moved to Burnley um, to live with my dad, and um, there was a there was a cop that like hung around on college, and he was like, "Do you want to come and be in a lineup?" Like, um, there's, there's a a guy that I don't know maybe looks a bit like you, so we mm. want to put a lineup of these people together. And I did it, but I was fucking terrified that they were going to say, no, it's him. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I'd be so scared on so many levels. One, they'd pick me, I'd go to jail forever. Two, it's an elaborate <laughs> ruse by the cops to just imprison me. Like, they're going to get me in the lineup and then be like, we got him, boys, and just drag me away forever. Like, what the fuck? I don't know why I was so paranoid. Like, I didn't, I wasn't like, 
I got in trouble later from like you know fighting and shit but as a kid i didn't do anything wrong ever i stayed out yeah. of so much shit that i could have got into i didn't steal i put like if i put like 5p extra of penny sweets in my bag and told the guy it was like 30p when it was 35 i would be sweating bullets the whole way to the fucking door i didn't do anything wrong and i was so terrified of incarceration i was the most like fucking the least likely kid to go to jail i wasn't going to end up in a fucking pupil referral unit for like not handing in my homework or whatever the fuck i was scared of it was ridiculous so i wasn't scared of going to prison right because my parents are pretty right wing right and they so were you always already like, were in prison <laughs> so well, no, no no so they, they were like prison's too soft everyone everyone has a lovely time in prison it's basically right it's a lovely place everyone get, gets a tv they can look at newspapers or whatever yeah. so like Prison is a is a soft place for soft people. Right. Okay. So I was that always was like, n- not my experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Scariest place on earth. Still, no, thank you. I I've always I always say that like if I got arrested, you know, you see like in the movies the montage scene where you walk in, you walk into prison like your first like steps into prison. The first thing I would do is just kill myself at the nearest opportunity i would find the first thing i could use to kill myself and i would end my life i'd try and kill myself on the bus on the way in i would just be like anyone using this just hang myself immediately like whatever i could get my hands on goodbye do you ever when you see a cop and they've got a gun like when you're in america you're like grab that shoot myself in the head every time (laughs) i can't not oh that scene in um, Manchester by the Sea where Casey Affleck grabs the gun and tries to shoot himself in the head but the safety's on. That's like, I, I see that in my head every time I see a cop with a gun. I'm just like, fuck. Yeah, rough. So yeah, don't want to go to prison, guys. Don't don't want to go there. Don't want to do I think it. it. I think it's probably fine, guys. It's a real yep. cushy life. They've all got TVs, X, PlayStations. Newspapers. <laughs> yeah. Weights. Exactly. Yeah, I wish. White and that's gangs. that's everything what? I was scared of. That was that's that's my everything. What you got anything else? Like, no, not really. I mean, I was pretty heavily bullied when I was a kid, so I was scared that I was going to be murdered by bullies. That's always a very real threat yeah. as a kid. Right? Like one time, the bullies tried to hang me from a goalpost. Oh Jesus! So, uh, so yeah, I was pretty bleak. I think we, we might have talked about that before. I was scared of being curb stomped. When curb stomping was a thing, I was scared that a group of kids were going to curb stomp me to death. Yeah, yeah. We all we'd that all seen thing, American right? American yeah. History X and and when people learned about curb stomping, everyone was like, yeah. "Oh, Matt Fitch is going to curb stomp you!" Like, fuck, I'm running away. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, I'm not going to fight him. He's going to curb stomp me. There's rules. Yeah, well, because like, I was bullied so heavily, I eventually became known as the guy that could just take it right and then when i when i got known as the guy that could take it people would start on me even more Jesus. and then and then i eventually would start giving it back right and then i remember once getting called into the headmaster's office at school because one of the kids that was bullying me was beaten up so badly that like they thought i was bullying him oh wow and i was like you're taking the fucking piss here mister <laughs> you have no like, idea what you're talking about <laughs> Like, it's not my fault if these fucking bullies start me and then can't take it when I beat the shit out of them. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's weird how kids get pigeonholed like that, right? Like, oh, he's yeah. the kid who can take it or whatever. I remember being the first kid in school that punched someone in the face. And that was it for the next five years. They were like, oh, that's that guy that, 
on the fucking first day of school deck that kid who fucked with it. Well, that's that's how you get by in prison, right? Yeah, but <laughs> it's very different when you're fucking 13 and you think you're invincible. So when you're 38 and you know that if a spider crawls on your bum crack, you'll scream. Like, what the fuck? Get me out of prison or fucking get me dead. There was, um, there was a little series of movies, wasn't there, about like how scary it is to go to prison. They were like comedies. There was one called Big Stan with um, Rob Schneider where he's so afraid of being raped in prison that he becomes a martial arts genius. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. yeah. I think like the only thing about prison that's, that's scary is the rape. The idea of being... Uh physically invaded in prison and it puts me in a cold sweat but it's uh yeah i mean yeah. i can't even take a, i can't even take a moth to the to the face so <laughs> that's what i mean dude the less you think about how you would fare in prison the happier you'll be <laughs> keep this fucking i've got a tv vhs combo a stack of books my own toilet and you know three squares a day keep that in mind and you'll be fine yeah when i I assume that when I do eventually go to prison, it'll be for white-collar crimes anyway, so it'll be fine. <laughs> you assume. I think you'll be wrongfully convicted of shooting someone. I think this is going to come full circle. Yeah, I didn't shoot that gun. Yeah. Even if I even if I had the gun that I had, it wouldn't shoot. It was exactly. a decommissioned like World War II Luger that I bought at the carpet sale near Fucking my house. Luger? Jesus yeah. Christ. I thought you were going to say like a an old flintlock pistol or something. You were fucking running around your house with a Luger. Yeah, it had been turned into a cap gun. Oh, nice. It was great. That's awesome. Did you have spud guns growing up? Like, no, but we were pretty obsessed with catapults. Yeah. I had a, I had a, I had a really good catapult that like wrapped around my wrist. Oh, the proper wrist rocket. Yeah. Oh, I never had one of those. They look fucking deadly. What kids these days got? Fucking TikTok. They've never lived, mate. They have never fucking... I had a knuckle duster when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> People at the car boot sale, they would just sell you anything. Yeah. They don't, they don't care that you're 11. Yeah. I remember a grown man telling me that my metal knuckle duster was a bad idea. And I was like, why? Fuck you. And he was like, you need a plastic one because the metal one sets off metal detectors. And I was like, great point, bud. <laughs> it's like my age now. Okay, I'll have a plastic one too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was always obsessed with crossbows as well. Like, I I, I never really got to... I always wanted a crossbow, and I never really got to play with one. Yeah. But I but I knew that I would shoot all of my friends, yep. my parents, all of our pets, anyone that I've ever seen in the street. Like, they would all have a <laughs> crossbow, all have a crossbow bow, like, right in their neck. Like I used to love that shit. I went to archery when I was a kid, and I got pretty good. And the guy was always like, oh, if you get X amount of bullseyes, we'll let you have a go on the crossbow. So I got to go on the crossbow quite a lot. It was really fun. I just, I still want a crossbow. Treat yourself. I would. Kaz, the cats, like, <laughs> everyone's the getting crossbowed. Yeah, like, yeah, it's 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 a dangerous game. Even now, I'm scared. Well, this is this is how you go to jail, then, isn't it, Jamie? <laughs> Crossbow yeah. crimes. Is 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 killing your partner and your cats with a crossbow? Is that a white collar crime? Is that considered <laughs> a white collar crime? <laughs> Dude, 
soon, I don't think so. I think that's <laughs> about as blue collar as they come. <laughs> that's borderline medieval. Fuck me. Um. Oh, speaking of medieval, I I also at the car boot sale bought like a a, a flail, like a mace. Holy fuck! Um, like in the nineties at the car boot sale, you could buy anything in the world yep. for for fifty p. <laughs> yeah, you could for for one quarter of your pocket money. Yep, you could buy literally anything that you've ever thought of ever. <laughs> Flail, a crossbow, and two knuckle dusters. <laughs> yeah, fuck your TikTok. We're fucking armed to the teeth, and we're going to jail. <laughs> I love, I love so many fond memories of smashing stuff up as a kid, just like Street Fighter style, destroying a mm. car, and <laughs> just wailing on inanimate objects. So much aggression vented, and I don't think kids do that as much nowadays. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I talked about previously finding a TV in the woods. Yeah. And we just smashed it up forever. Like oh, having so much fun TV. destroying an old... The noise they made when you got them right square on the top. It was like a mm. full-on fucking bomb exploding. It was amazing. Well, there was this fucking place on the industrial estate where they used to, uh, for some reason, have an enormous pile of fluorescent light bulbs. And they would be up there all the fucking time. So you could go up there and fight with them. You could just like whack each other and they would just go, they'd make that popping noise. And you'd never get hurt. Like we definitely should be dead because it all probably should have fucking ripped our eyeballs out, probably given us cancer and whatever else. But my favorite thing to do is go up there alone. (laughs) I used to just set up a little pile and I would javelin style, try and throw one fluorescent light bulb into a wall so that it went like, like full length to nothing and just like disappeared into the wall and the first first and only time I ever did it I was like fucking rocky at the top of the steps I was so far but I was surrounded by like a million smashed up light bulbs and they also threw away windows like they made fucking windows and if they fucked them up they would throw them away and you could just go and throw bricks through them it was awesome amazing yeah Yeah, we used to um, go to the like the supermarket that was near us and they wouldn't put their trolleys away at night, and so oh, we would. Oh yeah. We were just like four of us, two two of us in a trolley, two of yes. us pushing, do like demolition derby, like rattling trolleys at each other. Also, definitely should be dead. I'm pretty sure my friend Mark Jones lost all of his front teeth. Oof. Um, just like I think. Do you know that bit? I think it's in a jackass. Obviously, this is pre-jackass, but I think it's in a yeah. jackass where someone's in a trolley. And they're facing the handle. Oh fuck and hit, yeah! And the handle and it hits a curb. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's how Mark Oof. Jones lost all of his all of his teeth. That's really bad. They, they might have been baby teeth. I don't know. He's probably fine. He still he's, lives at home. I'm sure he's fine. When I was this was when I was this wasn't really a kid thing when when I was older. But I I ran and I did a forward flip into a bush. Just a classic like way fucking around, and I landed quite hard on my ass and was winded. I was like, oh, fuck. And I sat up and looked down and there was an enormous spike of metal sticking out of the ground, like a circular scaffold pole sheared to a fucking razor sharp point. And it landed, I landed with it, like it ripped a hole in my jeans and was sticking up in front of my face. So like two inches further, a foot further, I'd be fucking speared and completely dead in a bush. There was no one around. I was just fucking around on my own. I'd just oh, be laying there. Mate. Yeah, I just gored. And there was a kid a couple of years below me in school who was actually my boss for a while, weirdly, who like ran and karate kicked a uh, for sale sign, a house for sale sign, snapped it, landed on it, and just like fucking annihilated Oof. his liver and his 
fucking kidneys mm. and shit like stabbed him right through and i looked down and i saw that and i thought oh my god everything everyone's ever told me about how dangerous it is to forward flip into bushes at night was 100 percent right there are just fucking spikes in these things who'd have thought nearly died well i'm glad you didn't die sam could have ripped my fucking asshole out jesus christ you either, you either, you either die in a bush or live long enough to go to prison <laughs> Them's your choices. Fuck, I wish I'd died if I knew that was coming. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I guess we well, better wrap this fear-mongering shit show up for these uh, these hard-working people. Yeah, so Wastoids and Gore Warlocks, get in the comments and tell us about the shit that scared you as a child. Feel free to record lengthy voice notes. Or, yep, that's or your homework. Give us, the, we, uh, give us the scoop. We want to hear what you were scared of because maybe you had less rural grow up existences than we did and therefore might have different things that scared you yeah you might have like legitimate terrors yeah we have I a mean, really good gonna... schedule coming up as well bud right yeah so the uh, obviously we're we're full swing in november at the moment so you've just heard demons and demons too yeah, and you'll have, you'll have heard uh, Night of Living Dead, the remake, a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully you didn't hate those movies and didn't hate those podcasts. I and then coming up, fucking loved them. Yeah, and then coming up next week, we've got um, Hatchet, modern slasher. Which you will love. Yes, and then following that, we've got Curse of the Crimson Altar. Which is which a, you might love. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've not talked about that yet, so I'm excited to see what your thoughts are. Fuck yeah, um, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, and then and then after that, it's December, where on Christmas Day, Sam, we're mm. releasing our Septic Man episode. Oh, good grief. <laughs> what is wrong with us? We're going to get fully septic for, for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait. Drench me in human viscera and fucking turn me loose on Christmas. Yeah. But Brilliant. for now, we'll see you soon. See you in the wasteland, buds. <laughs>